You'll know when you have a wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating this space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast, everyone. I am one of your hosts, Emma. And I'm Sophia. And Leah is busy today, so we miss her on the podcast, but um, she'll be on the next one. We are so excited to have a guest on today to tell her birth story. Her name is Tiffany, and I was honored to be at both of her births. So Tiffany, why don't you introduce yourself to our community? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, and it's super fun to be here on Easton's second birthday. It's like kind of two years since my first home birth. So I'm Tiffany. I am a home birth mom of two boys. Um, my oldest is two, like I said, and my um, newest one is six months old, actually in like three days. So right three, no, yeah, three days. <laughs> so um, exactly 18 months apart. Um, yeah, that's me. Yay. Awesome. Well, cool. So let's start. Let's go back. If you want to share your first birth with Easton, we would love to hear. Um, Sophia, you were not a part of that birth, but I was. So I'm excited to reminisce with you. And, yeah. uh, and then we can move forward to your second birth. Okay. Yeah. I, it's really fun. It's funny. Like when I talk about either of them, I have to always talk about the other one now because they're, they were so, 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 so different and sort of like neither was exactly what I was expecting or anything. So I feel like in order to understand like my whole, what I find to be like my whole birth experience, I really have to tell both stories. So it's yes. like, just fun to like chat about both of them. But um, yeah, so with Easton, what's really interesting is I was not even going to have a home birth with Easton. I didn't even really think about it or even know what home birth was, or I like just didn't, I wasn't exposed to it at all um, until I was like, pretty far along when I decided I was, I don't know, I want to say it's like 30 something weeks when I decided to do a home birth. I mean, I got to like see my friend's home birth and that totally changed my mind. I was like, okay, we're doing this at home for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it almost got derailed because I was GBS positive with Easton. Um, and so I got, it was my first, I just didn't really know anything. I was still going to the OB and that like totally freaked me out. Cause they were like, oh no, you have to have antibiotics. You have to be in the hospital. Um, and anyways, through lots of talks with, um, the midwife team, I was like, oh no, I think I'm okay to like still do the, this at home. So it almost got derailed. It didn't. Um, but yeah, with him, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. Cause it was my first, I kind of expected it to be, I expected it to sort of like ease into it. Like you kind of always hear about, right? Like, oh, it's going to start really slow. And there's going to be like, they're going to be a few minutes apart, 10 minutes apart. You're going to walk around the neighborhood. I was like, Ben, we're going to go on my husband. I'm like, we're going to go on a walk. Like we're going to get these contractions going. And that is not at all what happened. Not even close. (laughs) Because in like the media and everything, it's like hard and fast from the very beginning. We're like, it's not really like that most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But with me, it actually was. So, and I, you know, I should have been more prepared. My mom, my mom's actually visiting me right now, but 
my mom also had like, she had pretty fast labor. So I, I didn't expect to have like a 48 hour labor or anything just cause my, I knew my mom didn't. Um, but anyways, Easton's ended up being like six hours only total for my first, um, but basically what happened is at 5 a.m. Oh, and I remember asking Emma and like um, the other midwife, I was like, how am I going to know when I'm having a contraction? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, you know, how am I supposed to know I'm having this Braxton Hicks? Like, why would it be different? And they're like, no, you're going to know. You'll know. You'll know. And I was it's like, designed so different. you don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they were like, you're going to know. And I'm like, I don't think I'm going to know, you know, how much <laughs> And then I woke up at like 5 a.m. and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Y'all, this is it. This is what it they were like, talking about. There was no confusion. It was like every cell in my body was like, okay, okay, okay. Like, like almost alarms, not in a bad way, but just like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. So I, um, like I said, I expected to have like them spaced out. And I don't remember now because it's been two years, but I think they started out like two or three minutes of two, I think they were like two minutes apart. Like right yeah. when I woke up and what ended up happening is I think I just slept through like all of my early labor. Um, and so when I woke up, they were like two minutes apart. Um, and they were lasting like almost a minute each. It was like full blown labor. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking like in my head, I was going to have a photographer. So I'm like, I'm not and like fluff my eyebrows or something, you know, I'm going to try to look a little nice or brush my teeth or something. No, I couldn't do yeah. any of that. I went out on the couch and was like, trying not to wake my husband for a little bit. And then they were just so, I had one of those like timers on my phone. I'm like, I'll just see, there's no way it could be time to call the midwife. And I'm one of those people. I'm like, I'm not going to be the girl that calls too early. But like, I'm not going to do that. It's like yeah. the only thing I care about. So I didn't <laughs> call and my app is just like screaming at me. It's like, go to the hospital, go to the hospital, go to the hospital, go to the hospital. I'm like, no, Thanks. it's too early. Like, there's no way this could have happened so fast. And then I finally just went in and woke my husband. I'm like, you got to call the midwife. I don't know what's going on, but this shouldn't be happening this way. I, it's so fast. Um, and I wasn't like scared or anything. I was just like, what, are we going to be doing this for like, like how long are we going to be doing this? yeah where is this gonna go yeah yeah it was, it was a little bit um like shaking what's the word um I don't it wasn't like scary jarring. Was yeah. jarring yes it was yeah. a little bit jarring that way because I'm like oh I don't think I can do this for like 24 hours you know yeah. this cannot go on for 24 hours um and I just didn't know what to expect so anyway I try to get in the shower that like wasn't helping I tried to lay lay out here that wasn't helping and finally my husband got the pool set up and it was like the second I got in the pool, I'm like, oh. yes. you know, and after that, and I, you guys weren't even here yet, Emma, I don't even think you guys had arrived because I think when, when you guys got here, I, I had to get back out of the pool. I think. Um, I remember walking in and you were laying on a, on a, a pillow nest on the ground next to the door. And yeah, I don't because- know if you had been in the tub or out. Yeah. I think that the midwife had gotten there and was like, you need to get out of the pool. Cause they didn't know if my water broke or anything. I don't remember why I just had to get out. Okay. Yeah. I was like, if anyone gets me out of this pool again, it's going to be yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was totally. so attached to the birth pool. I was like, I do not want to get out of here. It's like pain relief. Like, For you know sure. what I mean? And yeah. it was just so pleasant being in there. Um, and then I had like go back and forth from like the, t- like the tub to the toilet or whatever. The mm-hmm. thing that was horrible, 
honestly about the birth was nothing about the labor or anything. It was that I couldn't stop throwing up. Yeah. I remember that. I was throwing up the whole time. It was so random. And I, I was like, I don't know why this is happening, but I was throwing up out of both ends. Like, let's just, yeah. my whole body yeah. was just purging the whole entire time. Yeah. So it would be like, you know, contractions and I have like a minute in between. And then it was like the minute was filled with me, like trying to puke. And then it was like back to the contractions. I remember that. It's so common. It's so common, but sometimes women don't know to expect it and that it's normal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All the hormones. <clears throat> oh yeah. I didn't even, I couldn't even tell in that moment. I was like, my body is just like, what's going on? What's so, happening? You can't. <laughs> and I am, I like, I'm a puker kind of. So like, it wasn't that surprising. I'm like, I guess I just puke you, but um, that kind of made it a little bit more intense. Cause I just didn't really have time to ever catch my breath, you know? To rest, um, yeah. But what I, first of all, I loved that birth. So I'm like making it sound intense. It was intense just because it took me by surprise, just how fast it was, but it was amazing. Like I finally got into the flow of breathing and Emma really helped to like help me like breathe deep and like make sure my noises were low. Once I got into that rhythm, it was like a game changer. And my husband even says like to this day, he was like, there was just a point where something like shifted and it was like, you went into yourself and you kind of were like, I, okay, I've got this now. You know, it was like, it took me by surprise. I was a little thrown off. Like I was breathing really rapidly and like, just not really sure how to handle it. And then once I got my breathing and everything, it was like, okay. In your groove. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in it. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And it was very kind of like meditative almost. I think because it was so intense, like there could have been, my whole house could have been on fire and I wouldn't have even known. Not because of anything bad. It was like, I was so inside and just kind of like going with it, um, trying to breathe through it, but also just like letting my body do like what it wanted to. I felt like very like, I don't know, my body with that labor. Um, Maybe because I had to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, it was, he was six hours total. Um, when I finally started pushing with him, I don't remember how long I pushed, but it was under half an hour. I think, um, his head came out in the pool and like, I forgot to tell anyone that that had happened. <laughs> so I like his head was out and everyone's like, okay. I'm like, Hey, I think he's cause his head came out and then the rest of him didn't come out. Right. So I'm like, huh, this seems weird. It seems like he should be coming out by now. Um, and I remember saying something like, Hey guys, I think he's stuck. Like he's not coming out. And there, uh, the midwife was like, Oh no, it's just his head. And I'm like, no, his head's been out. Like it's been out. They were like, what? (laughs) So it wasn't, it really wasn't that long, but it was just, you know, like a couple of rounds of contractions or like, I think one or two rounds of contractions and no one just realized, didn't realize because I just didn't say anything. (laughs) So what ended up happening is his hand was up by his, um, up by his ear. So I guess, I think that's like nuchal hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a nuchal hand. Basically what happened is that his head and his hand came out, but his elbow was like stuck, I think. Um, and so we just got out of the pool. Um, and then I went into like a runner's lunge position and then the midwife was able to just kind of like pop his elbow out. Um, so what's really cool about that is I think, um, I have a friend that had a baby right after or right before me and he had a nuchal hand and I talked to her about it later and she was in the hospital and like, they were going to get like, I don't, they didn't actually, but they were like talking about an episiotomy, which I didn't even know they did those anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, but they like threw her legs back behind her. And like, she said it was so scary, even though 
nothing bad happened. Like they got the baby out and everything, but she was just like, it was so terrifying. They made it seem like it was like an emergency situation at our house. It was just like a calm, like, okay, no worries. Like just get in the runner's lunch position. We'll just move your body, you know? And I would, just cause I could move my body around. He was able to just kind of come out, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was that. I mean, that was just like, it was a freight train and it was, you know, just kind of, it was like a smooth freight train is what yeah. I like a smart train. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was him. And that was, it was great. Like, I loved it. We co-slept. He was born. Yeah. Can, I, yeah. can I pause? Yeah. For a yeah. Um, what about your placenta? Do you remember anything about the birth of your placenta? Aww. Um, I remember that it did not want to come out. Like it took a little long. Um, I think it was like 30 or 45 minutes that we were waiting. She, I don't remember if she was pushing on my belly a little bit. Um, eventually I think that we just like kind of did like the gentle, like coaxing of it out, you know, but it, yeah, I think it was like 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. And yeah. you're bleeding. Was there anything about bleeding too much or yeah? No. And I don't think with either of my births that I bled very much. Um, cause I've, you know, I watch a lot of like home birth videos cause I'm, you know, obsessed and (laughs) you know sometimes I will I'll be like oh that seems like a lot of blood compared to what I remember so I don't think I had a lot of bleeding Mm -hmm. um and then honestly it was like I the placenta no you stand on you're cutting up a little bit you're breaking up a little bit Emma try saying it again Emma Oh, shoot. Can you hear me? Yep. Ah. Try saying it again. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, oh my goodness. I remember that we were getting Easton on your breast and you were nursing him. And then that's when your placenta came from my memory. That's I, We have those pictures that your photographer yeah carry on yeah that sounds right um and then it was great we just he was born at like noon something and so we had the whole day I remember I remember everyone trying to like okay like let's just kind of like gently walk you to the room like be careful you could get lightheaded and I was like I'm good like I'm good I'm ready to go (laughs) it was the craziest thing I've said this about both of my births I didn't even feel like I gave birth after it was like there was no pain in that area like I was basically ready to just it was a little bit harder with Quentin but with Easton I was like up and at him like I was ready to go Mm -hmm. um and was oh sorry there's a little background noise here that's okay and you did you say um that breastfeeding was straightforward with Easton Mm -hmm. yeah he latched right away no issues he was yeah he was uh, easy in, in that regard yeah yeah. So yeah, that was that. And then that night we just, we had a bottle of champagne. We watched a movie. It was oh, like, we're back to normal. You know, it's great. We just had a baby with us. So, <laughs> yeah. So that was him and it was amazing. It was a beautiful first birth. It was great. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell Quentin's? Yeah. Like at what point do you get awesome. pregnant again? Yes. Wait, yeah. say that one more time. At what point did you yeah. get pregnant again? How old was Easton? Was it surprise? Was it planned? It 
so it was a surprise in that we were like, hey, let's kind of maybe start removing the barriers. Like, who knows how long this is going to take? You know, um, it, we got pregnant fast with Easton, but I just didn't know. So I'm like, let's just see, you know, how it goes. And it was, you guys, one time. It was one time. <laughs> and my husband was like, that's so annoying. Because like, <laughs> you know, for the guys, he's like, it's supposed to be fun to keep trying, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is ridiculous. It's so like we're we got- so efficient. Yeah. You know, what's crazy why it says I was still breastfeeding. So, you know, people will be like, oh, it's harder to get pregnant while you're breastfeeding. Well, I was breastfeeding and I only took one time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm trying to do the math on this. I think he was nine months because they're 18 months apart. Okay. And then I continued breastfeeding Issa until he was, a. it was basically like 10 or 11 months. And at one point he, I think this is so that I, for me, I just think this is like so cool. Cause it shows like your breast milk changing, but he, one day pulled off and looked at me like I had poisoned him. He was like, like, what uh, is that coming out? That's not what I've been drinking. I'm not into it. And he never breastfed again. That was the last, he was done. So I guess maybe oh my God. It, it changed taste because of the hormones or it something. Does, yeah. Yeah. He was not about it. So on the, it was a little bit sad because it was so abrupt. I didn't get to sort of like I don't know, wean my own self, you know, um, out of the thought of it. But at the same time, it was nice because I didn't have to wean him. He was just like, well, I'm good. So thanks for that. Yeah. And uh, see well, you next kind of his personality there. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, so totally. his personality. It's funny that you said that. That's so him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was done. And then the pregnancy with Quentin was really tough. I had a really, really easy pregnancy with Easton. I loved being pregnant. I was one of those annoying women. That's just like, I love being pregnant. It's the most beautiful time of my life, you know? (laughs) And then, and I always thought like, when I hear friends complaining about being pregnant and stuff, I'm like, I don't get it. It's so magical. (laughs) You know, until I was pregnant with Quentin. And then I was like, if I have to be pregnant one more month, I'm going to lose it. Like it was just really uncomfortable. Um, I don't know if it's because of the way he was laying. I I really don't know why. I just felt a lot more uncomfortable than I did with Easton, probably because I had a one and a half year old running around. I was going to say, it's definitely harder when you have another little one. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no time to kind of kick your feet up, you know, and relax. And he's still, Easton was still a baby. I mean, he was only one, you know, for like one, one and a half. So, um, he still very much needed to be picked up. And I, I did not want to be in a situation where I was saying like, no, I'm not going to pick you up. Right. Like, I just didn't want to do that. So, um, it was just, yeah, it was a harder pregnancy physically, but, um, oh, and so Easton was like a couple of days late. So I kind of thought that Quentin would be like, a, like a couple of days, late, kind of the same thing. <laughs> and he was not, as you all know, he came 10 days early, which I was in no way prepared for. And not only that, we had a friend over the weekend that he came. So he came on, I think he came on a Sunday or a Monday. Our friend was still here in the guest room. <laughs> Nothing was the guest room, by the way, which was like the baby's room, which was not set up at all, which who cares? I mean, I knew from having my first, they don't need anything, but still, you know, I don't think we had a piece of the hose that we needed yet. Like we were not, we did not have everything. My husband was (laughs) leaking out. Didn't you kick your friend out? Oh yeah. We're like, you got to (laughs) go. My husband's like, you have to leave. She's in labor. And you know, bless his heart. He was like trying to say goodbye to me. And I was like, just go, just go (laughs) get out of here. Um, and 
Yeah. So that was, um, <laughs> a little shocking also like both my birth or like labor, I felt like started in a shocking way. This one, cause it was just so early. I just couldn't believe it was actually happening. Yeah. Um, we actually, I share your story sometimes when I'm telling dad that it's really good to do a dry run with the tub around 37 weeks, just in case. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And like, thank God it was my second because, and Ben had like already done all that. Otherwise he would have been a mess, a mess, a mess. If it was the first one, cause he was so nervous with the first one, you know? Yeah. Um, but at least thankfully he like kind of knew somewhat what to do or like had some idea of how the process was going to go. So I don't think he was quite as nervous, but, um, and he MacGyvered yeah. the hose. What did he have to do? It was like a whole bunch tape. of duct tape and towels yeah. and like, yeah, he had to hold it, you know, or else it would go shooting off. <laughs> Honestly, wild. I don't even know because, um, the only reason I knew there was an issue with the hose is because my sister called me. And she was like, don't tell Ben I'm telling you this, but there's an issue with the host. She was like, oh my not to tell you. Throwing him under the bus. <laughs> because my sister was here for my first birth. And so she was supposed to be here for my second. She was coming in like a few days later, but she didn't make it. Um, so she was on FaceTime, as you guys know, like the whole time. But yeah, she was like, there's a problem with the hose. It's figured out. Don't freak out. But yep. he's, he, you know, he doesn't want you to know. So <laughs> which I appreciate. it's like, thank you. That is your job. You can handle it, you know, without involving me. So, did that. Uh, so yeah, we were all caught a little bit off guard, but that's okay. And then I, I think I called you guys right away because I thought in my head, like, this is my second, it's going to go faster than my first. And my first was so fast, six hours. I thought this one's going to be like four, you know, or even faster. And I have heard so many stories from friends that I know that their second was like the midwife didn't even make it, you know, cause it was so fast. When I was worried, I was worried about that. So I called you guys early, I think. And then I do, I will say this one started, did start slower than my other. I definitely had more time in between the contractions. I took a shower. Like I thought, you know, they were, they were coming in waves, like how I expected them to come with my first one. And it's the birth you had thought you were going to have your first time. <laughs> exactly. They were, they basically reversed, which is interesting. Um, but I remember this one being a lot more, um, I don't know if peaceful is the right word because my first birth was really peaceful because of that like meditative thing I got into, like I was saying, but it was more relaxed. Um, like when I got in, I, I got into the pool and stuff. And I remember like in between, I was like chatting and joking. And I had heard people say this. And when I went to my, my friend's home birth, it was her birth was like that. We're in between her contractions. She was like laughing and talking and, you know, she's fine. And then she would like, you know, handle her contraction and then she'd like come back. And my first birth, I could, there was none of that because I didn't have any breathing room in between. And so this one was like more what I expected. You know, I could chat with you guys in between. Um, and then I think I, what I remember, you guys can fill in the blanks if there's something I forgot in between. But what I remember the most about this birth is, I felt like labor had stalled out and I knew that that could happen sometimes in the warm water, but like also I was not willing to get out of the pool. <laughs> but, but, um, I think I remember telling you guys, like, I'm so sorry. I think I called you too early. Like, I don't know if we need to send you guys home. I feel like my contractions just are like stalled out. Like they're very spaced out now. And, um, I asked you to check me and you guys were like, you don't need to get, you know, like if you want to, we will, but like, it doesn't really tell you anything, you know, which I well, knew. And we were looking at each other, like you're clearly in labor. You didn't call us too soon. Like we yeah. were, you were just comparing it to the first one. We're like, and, but for us, we're like, 
obviously you're in labor and we should be here. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that. I was like, oh my gosh, because I've always, am, this is like such a thing. I'm sure everyone does this, but you're always like, oh no, everyone's like so bored, you know, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, did I, you know, are they here for no reason? Like they could, they probably have other things they can do. They all families like, but you really, don't it's like our favorite thing in the whole world to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was having so much fun chatting with you guys too. That's what was so fun is I guess, cause I didn't experience it with my first, I just didn't realize that that's kind of how it can go sometimes where it is just some downtime. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess I was just like, there's too much downtime. Like we're not, we're not having movement. <laughs> so anyways, I made you, I made you guys check me, even though you said, you know, that there wasn't Twisted really. Our arm. <laughs> <laughs> and then Emma checked me and Emma, I hope you don't mind me telling the story, but you were like, no. not, you wouldn't tell me what it was. Cause you're like, I need someone to double check me. And I was like, no, I'm at like a two. Like, I'm like, this is horrible. She's not telling me because she doesn't want to discourage me, you know? I was like, this is just, okay, we're going to be here all day. Like, this is going to be a 48-hour labor. We like, oh my God. I like started thinking all the things. And then I think- Which we is had- why we didn't want to check you. We didn't want to check you. <laughs> so then I don't know if it was Sophia or Leah. I think it was Leah that Leah. checked. And then you guys did like a little chit chat and you're like, okay, so you're at a 10. So you, you know, whenever you're ready, you're like, you're good. I was like, I didn't want to be wrong on that because that's a big deal to say you're a 10 if you're not. And then somebody's like, actually, no. And you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Once yeah you told I didn't me want to do that. that. I would appreciate it. Cause I was like, if you had said I was a 10 and then someone else had a four, I'd be like, oh man, you know, you can't help get in your head about it a little bit. Um, even though with Easton, I, I was, I did have you guys check me with Easton. Um, and I think I went Easton. I don't remember like the numbers, but I went from something, I was at a four for like a long time, I think. And then suddenly I was like at a 10, it, I remember it happened like really fast. So, you know, I do know that like the numbers don't matter because with Easton, it didn't matter at all. It was like, you know, so fast that I progressed like a few numbers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so then I was yeah. like, then I remember saying to you guys, this is where all, like, this is where I jinxed myself. I remember <laughs> telling you guys, oh, this is too easy or whatever. Like, I feel like I cheated. Yes. That labor was so easy compared to Easton's. I was like, I, you know, obviously I thought I was at like a two and you guys shouldn't even be there. Uh-huh. So I didn't even feel <laughs> transition. Like I never felt like I was with Easton. It was such a clear transition period. I was like doing exactly all the cues that they tell you where you're like, I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. I want to give up. I had all of that with Easton, like the emotional response, everything. Yeah. When, when you said that you were laying in the tub, you're like, this was too easy. We were all like, Ooh, not done yet. you should just keep your thoughts to yourself. <laughs> she said it. So not the right thing to say. Well, you said something about daytime. You're like, wow, like I just have both, had both my babies in the daytime or something. And then Leah's like, well, it's not, <laughs> the day's not over or something. Yeah, well, you I had said, I always pictured that like they would come at night mm-hmm. and all your baby oh, that was, was come at night. Okay, <laughs> and he was yeah. like, Roger, mom, gotcha. Come at night. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and actually one of my memories of like why, um, you eventually convinced us to check you was because in your first birth, you had this story that, um, you never, your body never spontaneously pushed never, Mm -mm. and that you wouldn't have known to push unless 
your midwife had said you were complete. And so that was a thing that you were like, but what, how will I know if I'm not ever checked? How will I know if I'm ready to push? Um, yeah. so that's a memory that's I have. Totally right. And with honestly, with Easton, with my first, not only did I not have the urge to push, I was not going to push. So I had in my head that you do not need to push and the baby will just come out like that. This is what I thought would happen. And maybe that would have been true. I don't know, but I never had like that, um, fetal ejection reflex or anything like that. And I just remember Tiffany, who you guys know, my birth photographer was like, she's a good, good. She's like one of my oldest friends. Um, in California. So not only was she my photographer, but she's like, you know, a very good friend. We will, um, I will share her interview in the show notes for anyone listening. Oh yeah. She's so amazing. Oh my gosh. I love her. Um, she's great. Cause she's like a photographer, but she also kind of feels like a doula cause she's had like her own four home births, you know? Yeah. Um, I've, I've, yeah. I've seen, um, a picture of hers where she's taking a picture of the mom in the tub and she's holding the mom's hand with her other hand. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, like, oh my that, God. I'm trying That's to remember sweet. that was mine. <laughs> she, um, she's amazing. So she, I just remember her getting down and I was just waiting. I'm like, Oh, we'll just wait for this baby to come out. You know, it'll just, he'll swim out. He'll yeah, just, and to, right and out. Talk about the fetal ejection reflex because most of the time we see it and sometimes it doesn't happen. And I, it's kind of this big mystery. I don't understand why it wouldn't happen. And there's this idea, well, if we just waited long enough, maybe it would, maybe it's baby's position. It's not pressing on a certain nerve. Um, I was at a birth with Leah where the mom really, it was important to her to wait for that fetal ejection reflex. And we were like, yes, totally support that. Um, And then about nine hours later, she looked at us and said, okay, what else can we do? <laughs> we were like, and then she like pushed hard for, you know, three, three, almost four hours. So I, I don't know how to explain it. I would be curious if anyone listening has any other insight, um, because it doesn't even seem like some moms, because you can have a mom who does have it and doesn't, you know, um, yeah. from one to the other. Yeah. I really thought that that's what would happen. And I was, I told Ben, even my husband, before I went into labor, I was like, if anyone tells me to push, do you tell them? No, like I'm dead set. I'm not pushing. Like, I don't want to push. I don't know why I had this in my head as like a thing, mm-hmm. but I was really dedicated to like not pushing. So even when it was, t- you know, time as in like, I was at 10, I still was like, no. And we waited a while. Like it was a while that I waited before I actually pushed. And I just remember Tiffany getting down, like leaning on the tub like this. And she was like, honey, you need to push mm-hmm. like hard. <laughs> it was like, oh no 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 he's gonna come out <laughs> she's just like <laughs> and so then I gave it like these mini pushes where I was like mm, you know just like mm, like very very light and she was like no you really need to like get in there and she's like it's it doesn't seem like he's gonna just come out so like you're gonna have to put in some effort here so she kind of talked me through it and I don't know how long I would have waited and I don't know if it would have happened if I had waited mm-hmm. um with, with Quentin, I like learned, I was like, okay, well, you have to push. <laughs> this baby is not going to just swim out of you. Like you want him to. Um, but with Quentin, the second one, yeah. as you guys remember, it really took a turn from being the easiest labor of all time to four hours of pushing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm always so, when I try to tell this birth story, I actually have a hard time telling it because I'm like, I don't really know why it just, it was fine. And it was like such an easy labor. And then like, for whatever reason, the pushing just took a really, really long time. And I have no explanation as to why that is. 
Um, we were in every different position and be in, which is, I feel really like, I guess lucky is the right word, or I don't know, grateful, um, for that birth kind of, because I was, I got to see everything that you guys can do. And it was so fun for me. I've never really told you guys this. I don't think, but it was so fun for me as the person who was like, I don't know, the outside looking in almost. Cause I'm looking in on like my birth team as they're trying to figure out what to do. Cause I was getting frustrated and you guys knew I was, and I'm like, I, I was also having these every few contractions was like a very weirdly painful contraction that was like, didn't feel like a contraction. It was like a stabbing pain and it, it was not a normal contraction. And you guys were trying to like figure out why that was happening. And it was so cool to see you just like all put your like three heads together and bring in like all your resources and just try to figure out like, what can we do? How can we move her? What other things like Sophia's going to like swaddles from my other son's room. She's like wrapping my belly, pushing up on me like Leah's on the phone with the chiropractor and you maybe come over. Um, and you know, you guys were just like, it was like the brain trust, you know, and that was really cool. And it just felt like, I don't know, special because it's not like you had this. I mean, I've never had a hospital birth, but in my mind, it's more like protocol. It's like, okay, progress. She didn't progress. Here's step one, step two, step three. And it's just like this uniform thing, you know, that you just apply to everyone. And that wasn't, it was the opposite. It was like, you know, this is a very unique situation. This is my own personal, you know, birth. I have my own wants and needs and my own things are happening. And you guys were just responding to what my body was doing and trying to work like with my body. But I felt like my body was still running the show, you know, um, like if we did something and it wasn't working or I didn't like it, it was like, okay, well, we're we're, going to do that. We'll try something different. Like then you guys were just really like encouraging me to be open-minded and kind of like, can we try this? And if you don't like it, we don't have to keep doing it, but let's give it a shot. Um, and that was good because I felt, I do feel like all of the different things that we tried, just the movement, I think it did eventually shift him into the right position. Yeah. And like how to follow your lead where you're like easy breezy, like this is a piece of cake. I called you too soon. And we're like sitting on the couch, you know, chatting with you and just like, you know, being in your presence and to like all hands on deck when you're like, this isn't working for me anymore. You know, like how can we show up in the way you want? Either it's just like witnessing you mm-hmm. and holding space or like physical hands-on and brainstorming. It's uh, also amazing how flawlessly you guys went in between those two different, um, out, I don't know if outlook's the right word, but practices. It was like you said at first, it was very much like, we're just sitting back, you're doing your thing, no help required here. And then there was the point where I was like, no, I like, I mean, you guys could tell, I don't even know if I said it out loud, but I was like, I want help. Like I want assistance right now really badly. I want you to help me. Um, and then when I got back in the tub, when I actually, something shifted for me, either in my brain or my body, I don't know what, but I was like, everyone stop. I'm getting back in the tub. And I, I don't know what you guys saw, but from my own perspective, like in my brain, it was like, we're doing this. Like, I just felt like everyone move. I'm getting in the tub. Like we're finishing this. And then you guys yes. totally went back. Me too. <laughs> yeah, same. I remember same. walking from the kitchen totally. and it felt like, it felt like, I don't know, like this walk I was doing, you know, like to the moment. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. And totally. you guys totally responded without me saying anything you all just sat back and I didn't even remember that really till you just said that but it was like you went back into like witnessing mode and then Mm -hmm. I got to have 
which is what's so cool about this. I didn't get, I had the laborer that was like really awesome with Easton, but I, the birth wasn't, it was great. It was amazing, but it wasn't exactly, I had always wanted to like pull my baby up from the water, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really get to do that because of the nuchal hand. But with this one, I got the birth that I wanted. It was like everything I ever dreamed of. It was insanely like I had imagined it, you know? It was back in the tub and it was hard, but like I got to pull him up, you know? And Sophia was so crazy. If you look at the video, I, I know that you were in there somewhere and you, you unraveled him or something, but I don't even remember that. It felt like it was all me. Like you were so kind of like quick about it. You're just like, okay, let me just unwrap him. <laughs> like you gave him back well, to me. And well, I and you, you almost didn't do it that way you almost like in your subconscious tried to repeat your first birth mm -hmm. because I remember when his head came out and you said I think he's stuck and I said your baby's not stuck push your baby out yeah oh my gosh I yeah. you're like yeah. okay <laughs> yeah I remember that crazy do you know why it's because a lot of times you see these birth videos which is so cool where the head comes out and then the baby just flies out after <laughs> so I think I just thought you just have to birth the head and then the baby just flies out but yeah. my babies, in fact, do not do that. So. Most babies do not. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. They need a little extra. And then, you know, with both of my births, the head was out for like, I think with Quentin, it was faster. It was like maybe just till the next round, but there is a pause. And I don't really feel like I fully understood this until I had my own babies, but it's like, no, there's like a good pause where the head's out yeah. and then you're just resting, you know, until you get the next it's round. Yeah, it's the cardinal movements for uh, the baby. The head comes out and then the baby needs time to rotate. And it's, you oh. you see that actually when you're not in the water, when you're doing a land birth, you can actually see the baby rotate and your tissue stretches so that the shoulders can be born. It's a whole process. It's, that's how it's meant to be. And so, yeah, if we don't rush that, unless there's something, and you know, if you really wasn't coming and you had that feeling, obviously we would have stepped in and helped you, but if yeah. you just get space to let the tissue stretch and let you do your thing, it's beautiful. Yeah. So it's really cool about both of my births too. I, I was very, I think the reason I didn't want to push them is I was very concerned about tearing. I know, I know that's like very common. I'm sure everyone is, but I was hyper concerned about it, like probably to a neurotic point. Um, and even though Easton had the nuchal hand, I had no tearing with him at all. And I didn't with Quentin either, even though there was like, you know, four hours of like pretty hard pushing and stuff. I didn't have any sort of like vaginal trauma or anything like that. It was a really fast recovery. Like I never, I didn't even feel like I need those padsicles or whatever, you know, um, but that you can use. I've, I never used those past just like the first one I put on. So it's just, I don't know why, if it's the water that helped with that or what, but I just felt like, and maybe it is just the time that you get when you're at home um, mm -hmm. to just let it happen as it happens. But I just felt like everything worked kind of how it was supposed to, and then went back like how it was supposed to, you know? Yeah. 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 Do you remember much about your placenta? <laughs> Frustrated. I feel like I remember a little bit of frustration <laughs> like, when it coming out. Didn't it take forever? Um, yeah. Mom. Yeah. You and, yeah. Go ahead, Emma. You and I, yeah, you and I were the placenta team, Tiff. I, I, I don't know. I remember it taking a long time and I was like, okay, you were like, let's just wait and we'll see if it comes. And then at one point you're like, Hey, I'm really done with this now. So I, you were like standing over me and I was like underneath you. It was, we yeah. were doing some really fun things and I was like I doing gentle traction. Cool. You're like, 
you're like, we're really close now. <laughs> you and me, you've seen it all, Em. <laughs> like pulling your placenta out of you, obviously gently. But it was, we were doing some comedic bits together over the placenta. Yeah. It was <laughs> Yeah, my first rule came into play at some point. Yeah. My, my memory and my notes, um, we were not like concerned, concerned, but his temperature was really low in mm -hmm. the tub. And so we were like, decided to get out of the tub and try to get you both warmed up. And so we got you on the couch and got like heating pads and blankets. And um, his temperature never got higher than 97.1. Um, and a very interesting thing, because at a certain point we're like, okay, well maybe like we can check on the placenta, the cord and we can cut the cord. And um, so we could like maybe get him more bundled up and dried off, but your cord, his cord pulsed for 58 minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, that <laughs> like, was super long. interesting. Because we kept going like, surely by now. And we were like, oh my God, it's still going like strong too. And we were like, we're not messing with that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so your placenta came out at an hour 45. Was it really? Really. Oh my gosh, I did not realize it was, I would, if I guessed, I would have said 45 minutes. <laughs> that's wild yeah an hour 45 it took um, oh my gosh that's so crazy do you want to like I don't really remember that his cord was a little bit odd too right yeah 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 the cord not only did it pulse for like 58 minutes um it was also um hypocoiled so there was like no coiling and it was just like thick and wide and you know eventually flat when the blood stopped um because a lot of times you can see you can see hypercoiling where it's like you know like really tight spring-like um but this one was like no coiling at all um so that was interesting um and then um yeah so eventually we cut the cord um and eventually you actually burned the cord yeah we oh, should yeah. definitely talk about that because that was super freaking funny <laughs> so because this baby came sooner than everyone had thought it was how it was going to go we they wanted to do um cord burning so we're like yeah get some candles and it's like ceremonial and beautiful and you guys forgot to get the candles <laughs> And so we, all we had were these two big, big lighters. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. And, and we were forever. like, I'm hold down a big lighter, like 10 minutes to burn the cord. And it was like this really funny. It took forever. Forever. And it was like, like midnight. So funny and redneck and just like, all right, oh, here you we know, go. It's just Do how it. your ancestors yeah. would have done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember Emma being like it's fine let's just stop it's fine and Sophia's like no we're almost there we're just gonna do the rest of the way we're almost there uh, I know we're getting all punchy we're like okay. oh gosh I like so this funny. too because I feel like um sometimes people think home birth is like you know very serious and it's like you know very spiritual and like everyone's bubble. And I'm like, yeah, it is like that. But sometimes it's just very funny. You yeah. know, sometimes there's just, it's very lighthearted and funny. Well, I mm -hmm. think, um, some people there's this saying of, um, you should birth how you live. 
you know, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like how our appointments were just like lighthearted and silly yeah. and being with friends. And that's exactly how your birth felt. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's touch base a little bit about um, breastfeeding struggles and like his newborn stage. So why don't you leave that Tiffany or actually Emma, why don't you take over? Because it kind of all started at the newborn exam. Yeah, at the newborn exam, um, I remember I was doing the newborn exam and there were, um, he was having some cyanosis around his mouth and the temperature thing, he was like having a hard time keeping um, warm. And then we put the pulse on it. And remember we weren't too concerned, but um, yeah, what, what else? I'm, I'm, just, I'm having a hard time remembering all no, the little details like of it because you have the chart in front of you, Sophia. Yeah. He also, didn't he have some little oh, like, yeah. bumps? Yes. Yeah. He, he was covered in these like little bumps and stuff. And so I, re I remember we were talking about that. <clears throat> Yeah. So, um, yes, he had what looked like cyanosis. We weren't sure. We're like, is this bruising? Is it cyanosis? It wasn't really there before. He also was like still kind of quote unquote cold or cooler mm -hmm. temperature. Um, so we did his pulse ox and that was fine. And his, all his vitals were fine. So that gave us reassurance. Um, but you know, he still just looked kind of blue around the mouth. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, he had these little bumps on him, which I had seen before Lee and I had been at a birth where these bumps just like slowly started appearing after the baby was born and like covered him and they're very like alarming looking. Um, but we know I can put it in the, um, show notes, it's called transient neonatal pustular melanosis. Sounds scary, but it means little bumps that will go away in a couple of days and are benign <laughs> is what it means. But we were also, I think, I, I don't remember if I was the one that like got nervous about this, but I, so I had, sores. this happened to me with my first birth too. Something about the hormones at the end of pregnancy, I get cold sores anyway, but I, with both of my births, I got them like towards the end, like bad, like a sort of like cold start breakout on my lips. And I had them with him. And for whatever reason, I was like, I don't know, did this like somehow get to him? Like, you know, I was like, there was like some fear of that, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to remember yeah. if you had a fear of it. Cause, um, my first memory is that when Emma and I were talking on the phone after the birth, she was the one who brought it up to me and was like, Hey, I just wanted to check in about this because yeah. when you look up signs of like herpes in a neonate, it is like the cold cyanosis. temperature, the cyanosis around the mouth, like unusual bumps. We were like, oh my gosh, this is, this could be what it is. And I so bet you guys. Back. Yeah. I think what happened is you guys called me and then I was, oh my God, I have cold sores on my lips is there some way that like in utero that could have like got, and I didn't know, you know, if that was a thing, I don't think it actually is. I'm not sure, but I just remember thinking like, oh my God, they said herpes and I have cold sores right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause I think Leah mm -hmm. was having a postpartum visit with you when we called. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, the cyanosis had resolved or the bruising or whatever it was. Um, yeah. There was none of that. And the bumps, I can't remember. They were like already they starting were to go away. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then it led to I discharge and mm -hmm. some jaundice. And like literally, if you look up a list of symptoms of neonatal herpes, that's like it's all the things. And so it's just started to get to the point where we're like, totally up to you. But like all these things kind of say that this might be what's going on. And I think you were already planning on having him be seen at a pediatrician anyway. So you're like, mm -hmm. well, I'll just like do it sooner than later. Yeah. That's basically what we did. We ended up just going to the ER because the of the eye. Right. Um, it was like pretty clearly his eyes were goopy and I they were a little bit, you know, I know all babies' eyes get goopy, but they're pretty they it was like pretty significant compared to like Easton's were. Um, so we just took him in and he just had like a light eye infection. It was not a big deal at all. We just gave him some of the erythromycin, which is what you, you know, could have given him at birth. We just gave it to him when he actually needed it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was fine. It cleared up in like a day and a half. So it was no big deal. Um, and that was all that it was. They did say he was a little bit jaundiced, but it was nothing that was to the point of them worrying about it. Like they didn't even put him under the lights or anything. Right. Um, it was and... just interesting because we like work in rules of three for the most mm -hmm. part. And so it was just like this long list that made so much sense. And you actually had a cold sore. So it wasn't like, well, but you didn't. So it's probably yeah. not. Well, and I was GBS positive too. And I didn't know how that would like play into it. Like I just, I wasn't sure if that was, I, I, I never got tested with my second. I never got tested with Quentin, but I just assumed that I was because I was with Easton. And you know, that's the thing they always want you to take antibiotics for. And I was like, oh my God, like did something somehow get to him? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that noise. Um, okay. And so anyways, yeah, I was like kind of concerned about that, but it really turned out it was just a pretty straightforward eye infection. Yeah. And the MD, because I spoke with her on the phone and they were not concerned about herpes. And she said the cyanosis around the mouth could have actually been from getting quote unquote too much blood um, because just because the cord pulsed for so long, which she's like, is not like a bad thing. It just could be an explanation. Um, Isn't that the same with the jaundice too? Like if um, the cord pulses for a long time, they can have like a little bit more jaundice. Yeah. You just like be prepared to like expect it, but it's not. Yeah it's um not like concerning no they were wildly unconcerned about the jaundice and it made yeah. them look very beautiful and tan so yes <laughs> um and then you had another run-in with the doctors this little baby wanted all the attention oh my gosh and it was like with easton i swear this kid never even had a sniffle and like i mean the kid had nothing ever you know it was like everything was so smooth with easton and then this baby i'm like okay we're are in the ER a few days after birth. Like that, that was so scary to even be there because I'd never been in the hospital with either of my babies since I didn't give birth there. Um, it was an eye infection, no big deal. Okay, cool. And then, you know, he was born in December. So it's the middle of cold season. My older son is in daycare. So he's bringing home everything under the sun. I mean, my older son was at that time, like was sick for like a month or something before I had the baby. Um, and Anyways, basically the baby started getting like pretty despondent. Like he had like a little cough, but it wasn't that bad. It was just kind of like a, you know, a little hack here and there, but he seemed fine. But then he started getting very lethargic and I do not really like to overuse the medical system. So I do tend to like stay back and just wait and kind of watch. My friend is, uh, my really good friend is a NICU nurse and she was kind of like, you should bring him in. And I was like, I'm going to wait. I have a pediatrician appointment coming up. We had it like a day or two later. I'm like, I'm just going to wait. I don't want to bring him in if I don't have to, you know? And so anyways, we ended up, I did wait and he, he was lethargic. It wasn't too bad, but he was like 
getting to the point where I was like, if I hadn't had the pediatrician appointment the next day, I would have just gone in mm-hmm. um, just for the lethargy. But I went to the pediatrician and she did the pulsometer on him. This is, he was older by now. I think he was like three weeks old or something. Um, I dived on him three weeks. Yeah, it was a well after the birth. Um, and his um, his oxygen levels were, were really low. They were like in the 70s. Um, and she was like, actually, maybe at, at her office, they were in the 80s, but it was like low. Um, she was it like, says, um, that O2 was 77 in my notes. Okay. At, at the pediatrician. And then you transported to CSF. Okay. And then when we, well, first we went to Marin general that night, we didn't even go home from the pediatrician's office. She's like, just go to the ER right now. Like you need to get them in. So we went to the ER and it was so scary because first of all, I didn't really, I don't, didn't know what he had. I didn't know what was wrong. There was like seven to eight people working on him at once. They were not telling me anything. They did his pulsometers. They tried not to let me see it. I saw it. I knew it was like in the low seventies at this point. So I knew it was dropping. Um, they were like hooking him up to a million different things. No one's telling me anything. It was so scary. Cause also we were in the ER, so it wasn't like the NICU, you know? So they weren't really like, they just, they are, I don't think they're used to having tiny babies like that. Um, so they were just trying to make things work that didn't work. And anyways, we ended up getting admitted. We spent the night at Marin general. Um, he could not hold, he could not get his oxygen up. I mean, he had to be on oxygen. And then the next day they just told me like, we have to transfer you to UCSF Benioff, like the children's hospital, because if he gets worse, there's just nothing else that we can do for him here. So you should just go like, you'll be in the best care down there. I still have no idea what's wrong with him. I think maybe it was that day that they told me he tested positive for RSV. So that's basically what had happened. My son had got RSV at my older son at daycare and then transferred it to the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he just had like a, you know, really bad. And a lot of people that was, there was a lot of people that had RSV around that same time that, that feels like that is what happened. <laughs> yeah. So actually they told me at UCSF that their floor was like full of RSV cases with infants. Um, it was like so prevalent um, at that like during those few months, for whatever reason, they just had like a surge in, in really, really, um, what's the word, like intense cases of it. So, yeah. yeah. So then we were at UCSF, we ended up staying there for, I think we were there for nine days and nine nights. So it ended up being like quite a long stay. But once I got there, eventually I realized, I mean, after probably like the first day when you can finally have like a calm conversation with, you know, the doctors and stuff, it did come to the point where I realized, okay, he just, it's just about, he's fine. Like he's actually okay. He's going to be okay. It's just that, you know, you have to support them through this virus because our little lungs just aren't strong enough to fight it off. So basically you're just providing a little bit extra support to their body until the virus passes. Mm -hmm. So he, I mean, obviously things can always go wrong, but it wasn't like he was in immediate risk of death, you know, or something, but I did not know that until like several days into this. So it was just a very, very scary experience. But once we kind of figured that out, then it was all better. And the great thing about that is I got to talk to Sophia the whole time because Sophia had experience with the NICU and it was like everything, these decisions that you have to make, I could like call you and say like, what do you think? What should I do? And you gave me your list, like your checklist that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yeah. really helpful. I used yeah, that. it's um, just for anyone listening. It's called the Brain Acronym, and I'll put it in um, the show notes. Um, as some of you probably know, I have two NICU babies, and it's just like a really good way to make any medical decisions. You know, to just feel fully educated before you make a decision. 
I think what was so, um, I don't remember what that stands for. <laughs> and I don't remember if you like listening to your instinct is one of them, but if it's not in that, you had told me that. Yeah, intuition is the I. So B is benefits, finding out all the benefits of a procedure or what, what be it. Um, R is risks risks of the procedure. Um, A would be alternatives, different ways we could get the same information or similar. I is your intuition. And N stands for like nothing, do nothing or need more time. Like how soon do we have to make this decision? And what would it be like if we just did nothing and just wait and watch? Yeah, that was very helpful to me because they are asking you to do a lot of things. And I am like, I did, I am not the one that's like, just do whatever you want to my baby to get him, you know, do whatever you need to do to get him better. I am like, let's hold on unless it's, you know, you, if it's life-saving, obviously do it, but you know, like they weren't giving him any food, um, because they were worried about like aspiration. So they wouldn't let me breastfeed him. And I was like, okay, I get what you're saying. Is there anything else we can do? That was like one of your like alternatives. I'm like asking them, is there any other way we can get something into his stomach? Mm -hmm. Um, he needs like nutrition, you know? And so then the only other option was a feeding tube. So then it was like, you know, I talked to Sophia, I talked to the doctors and they were kind of like, they didn't really want to do it. Um, but I just felt like I knew he needed that. I just, for some reason, had a very strong intuition that like, this was really important that he gets it. So they ended up doing the feeding tube of, of breast milk. And it was the next day that he, um, you know, he showed like a lot of improvement in his numbers and we were able to go off of the NICU floor into the transitionary unit. And I'm not saying that's because I made that decision, but it just felt like certainly it didn't do anything bad, you know? Well, the important pieces, and that's where I think the empowerment comes from is that you are the sole decision maker, you mm -hmm. know, um, that you are the one who gets to call the shots and because it is your baby and you have to live with your decisions. So you should be the one making them. Yeah, it's hard to do that sometimes when you're up against, and I, this is nothing against UCSF. They were actually wonderful. I have to say, I was actually shocked and surprised by how great they were. I loved um, that you were going there. Cause I'm like, when, when I'm at other hospitals with Ben and then we finally get to UCSF, I'm like, he's safe. Yeah. yeah they're so good. And they're yeah. so, um, they involve you so much in all of the processes and like the rounds and everything. I just felt so, that's a great way of putting it. I felt so at ease once we got there. Mm -hmm. Um, like they had it handled, but you know, but still you're up against like a sea of medical professionals that have opinions and they have their standard of how they normally do things. And like, they did give me a lot of pushback about the feeding tube. Like they did not want to give that to him and, but they were, they were still deferential, but they were kind of like questioning me a lot. And usually in situations like that, I tend to cave and just be like, okay, well, whatever you think is best. And I didn't. And I think part of that is you know, the empowerment that you get from having a birth on your own terms where you like as the midwives, not only did it, everything was like, what do you want to do? Like what you have to really tap in because you guys weren't telling me this is how we do it. This is how you have to do it. It's like, well, what do you feel like you need to do? So I was so used to kind of like tapping in, I guess, to that intuition a little bit and then advocating for not that I have to do with you guys, but just saying what I need, what I want, that I felt a little bit easier to do that in the hospital when I really like needed to use my voice, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, everything turned out fine. He came home in nine days and nine nights. He was fine. It, it was a terrible experience like, to be there for that long. I think I was going a little bit insane, but now he's it's like the virus is there and then it's gone. Now he's a perfectly normal six month old baby, you know? And I remembering at one point you went home because you wanted to be with your other son 
And oh. I had warned you that you would feel the way oh you ended up God. feeling. So I forget what your text message, Sophia, I've told so many people this story because it's so incredible to me. I don't remember what your message said, but you, oh my gosh, it was so, what's the, like prescient or whatever. It was, it was like, I think you said, you'll be fine. It might, you might feel different when you get home or something. I forget what you said, but it was like, whatever you said was so I think it was kind of like your baby will be fine. It's like, it's going to be harder on you. Kind of. Yes. It was something like that. So I am a very logical person. Um, I, I like tend to rely on logic a lot. So I logically knew it was fine for my baby to stay in the hospital without me. And my husband was coming down. So it was like, my husband was still going to bottle, you know, give him a bottle. Um, yeah, he wasn't going to breastfeed, but that was okay. He, he already had been breastfeeding. So I knew he was like established and he was good. I'm like, it's not even, it's going to be like seven hours. You know, it's like such a small amount of time. And you just fine. really needed to see your, your oldest son. Yeah. I was having a seriously intense emotional response to being away from my older son so long. Cause he is still a baby. He was only one and a half and I had never been away from him that long and he couldn't come into the hospital. So I couldn't even see him. So I just told my husband, it was like day seven or eight. I'm like, I don't know how much longer we're going to be in here, but I have to like come home and at least give him some sense of normalcy of like, I'm here. I'm not, you know, dead or something like I'm still around. So I came home, my husband switched me. We saw each other at the hospital for like 10 minutes. I ran home and I was fine. I was fine when I was there. I was fine when I was leaving. I was like, okay, this is fine. Like, it's good. He's in great hands. My husband's there. It's good for them. It was like about when I crossed the bridge. Um, I think I was going over the Bay Bridge. I don't remember, but it was, it, it, I had a actual physical reaction that did not stop until I went back the next day. I have never had a panic attack in my life. I like pride myself on being a pretty like even kill person. And I was hyperventilating like in the car, just, <sighs> and then when I got home, I'm also not, um, I'm not an ex- outwardly extremely emotional person. A lot of it I like internalize. When I got home after I put my son to bed, I was sobbing audibly to the extent that I thought the neighbors were gonna like come over. I was like, like almost wailing, you know? I've never had an experience like that before. It was so physical rather than mental. It was like a physical bodily response. And I, it did not stop until I left the next morning. I called my husband. I'm like, you need to come back now. I need to leave the house. Like I have to go back to the hospital immediately. It was wild. And all I felt was like, there was a tether, you know, that was like getting stretched way, 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 way too thin. Yeah. Yeah. I like am fighting back tears, just like remembering that feeling. Yeah. It's it. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I can't like the other people cry. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> it is so it's yeah. really so intense it's like the most horrible thing that I've ever felt probably you know yeah um, I remember because we went out for it was four weeks um it was our anniversary or something and my mom's like go I'll have the baby and like just go have lunch or something and I remember like coming back in the hospital crying tearing my shirt off being like <laughs> give him to me I was miserable the whole time I was gone yeah it was, it was People not, are like, it's good for you. It's good for you. I'm like, that was not good for me. Not good for me at all. I told my husband that I'm yeah. like, I will never be doing that again. So if we're in here for another year, I will be main, like remaining in the hospital for a year then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, 
you know, I'm glad, I, I'm sort of glad I had that experience. I've since had a friend whose baby had to go into the NICU and I was like able to share that with her because they were encouraging her to go home. And I was like, I felt like I almost took over your role, Sophia, where I was like, I kind of said what you said. I'm like, the baby will be fine. I'm like she's in good hands. Like she's fine, but you may have a very shocking reaction or not, you know, but maybe yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it was, it was cool because you always hear people talk about like the connection between like the mom and the baby, but to feel it in such a physical way was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what a journey you've been on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I have two little crazy, they're, you know, running around. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for sharing your stories, Tiffany. Yeah. If, if anyone's yeah. listening and wants to get in touch with you, do you have any um, contacts that you want to leave? And we'll include them in the show notes. Yeah, you can totally reach out to me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is um, Tiff Elias, T-I-F-F-E-L-I-A-S. Great. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you again. Yes. Thanks everybody for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at Emma Ray, R-E-A. Sophia at sophiabirth.com. And me, Leah, at Bay Area Home Birth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, stay stay wild. wild.